This episode of the BJJ Foxcast is brought to you by BioPro. BioPro is an all-natural alternative to prescription human growth hormone, which aids in recovery, anti-aging, metabolism, libido, immunity, skin health, cognition, sleep, and stress. Just one vial per day provides a substantial boost to all of these growth factors. Okay, so that's what they want me to say. Here's what I know as an aging grappler. I've been using BioPro Plus and the nighttime variant BioPro Plus Cortisleep for several months, and it feels like I've grown a third lung. My, ga- my gas tank is noticeably bigger. My recovery is faster, and I'm back on the mats much quicker, not just between training sessions, but between rounds. Now you can get $30 off your first order of BioPro when you use the code FOXCAST at www.bioproteintech.com. That's code FOXCAST for $30 off your first order at www.bioproteintech.com. Thank you, BioPro. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the BJJ Foxcast. I am your host, Alex Martinez. And today, again, I have my man, Scott Burr, the road warrior on the show. <laughs> Scott, welcome back, brother. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be back. Good, man. Good. Yeah. I feel so, like I was just here. <laughs> dude, yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, so we we connected through your first, not your first book, your book with uh, Richard yeah, yeah. and Richard Bressler that worth defending. And you know what? I catch so much shit because I always say like, they're not paying me to say this, but you got to read this book. And the comments are like, bullshit, they're paying you. You know what I mean? We, re- we really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I love the book. I think, like, I don't know, man. Like, it, you know, I think the the history of jiu-jitsu is, like, super important. And who better than the original guys, you know, that uh, Amer- the Americans, right? The, the, the history in, in the U.S. is really is really important, obviously, in Brazil as well. But people don't appreciate, like, how long people have been doing jujitsu you know for 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 example i had a friend of mine went to brazil to train and he came back and he was like stunned he was stunned he's like dude there were like 30 black belts Mm -hmm. and they were all killers Mm -hmm. and then there's me (laughs) you know what i mean and and out here you know we see a black belt like everything stops you know let's watch them roll and you know and to them it's like yeah yeah you know the 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 when you see the when you see the guys on on you know flow grappling and doing all their thing, that's like the cream of the crop. You yeah. know what I mean? That's pretty wild, man. Well, I was talking to uh, yesterday, and he was like asking me, and I I don't really know the answer to this, but like he was like, isn't it true that like the red belt is reserved just for Gracie family members? And I was like, no, there's like a whole bunch of other red belts. Yeah, that um people don't know their names, and there somebody was going to do a documentary about them, and then I don't think it. I think it was another like closed guard situation where it sort of never came together, but they wow. had interviews with all these different red belts. And I, that, I, I, I got to look that back up. Cause that, yeah. that was a, like, I mean, that's history. I want to know. I want to know all those names. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious, like, um, you know, the, the, the women in the sport are, you know, becoming more and more, you know, prevalent and you see them, you know, they're, they're getting the spotlight and all of a sudden there, there were some killers on the mat, but they've been around forever too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I really, I would love to get Yvonne. You ever hear of Yvonne Duarte? No, she was the first female black belt, I believe. Okay, was and she the first female coral belt? Yes. Woman who's, okay. Yes, yes Yvonne. Did. Yeah. So I hit her up, and she like you know we we were talking back and forth, but there's a little bit of a you know the language barrier, obviously, sure. and I it that's on me. Like I need to figure out how to overcome that. Right. Can't speak Portuguese. <laughs> I can't speak Portuguese. I tried, dude. I tried the Duolingo. Yeah. I just suck, man. I suck at, and I speak Spanish, so I thought, yeah, maybe, right? right? Nope. I I uh, I I tried to do. Uh, there was one called Memorize. There's like a, did you ever try that one? No, nah, no. Nah. Memorize? M-E-M-R-I-S-E. And it's like, it was, um, I, I forget the term that like, um, it was called like macro learning. It was based on this principle of, of how people learn. 
that where it would like, you know, chunk thing. Everybody's got like a, a, a gimmick for life. Hacking, yeah. How you learn yeah. a language. And I always, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't learn that much of it, but people were like, uh, I remember people asking me, you know, about learning Portuguese. And I was like, you know, the thing, the, the thing that really tells me a lot about Brazil is that I learned how to say, it's not my fault before I learned how to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 it, was like, it was like lesson number four was, yeah, yeah. It was my fault. Oh, that's funny, <laughs> I'm, man. I'm, I'm kidding. That's, I'm not ragging on <laughs> Yeah, man. But um, yeah, so that that's interesting. You know, even even me, like I, I can only name like, I can only think of like two, maybe three red belts. Yeah. You know, like, like you know, red red belts. Yeah, There's yeah, some yeah. coral belts out there and stuff right, like right. that. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I mean, you're, you're really in in tune with a lot of this. You know, you, you live in the Midwest, but yes. you're still like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ohio, I think. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and, but I really enjoy following you. Cause like, I mean, you're in with like some of the OGs, OGs, OGs yeah. of, of jujitsu of, of jiu-jitsu in the United States. Yeah. Somehow that happened. How, yeah. So we talked about that a little <laughs> bit in the first podcast, but you know, <clears throat> you've inspired me to, to change kind of like my thinking and the way I'm going to approach jujitsu going into my fifties. I mean, I'm at 50 now, 51, but, um, you know, for a long time, I was like, well, I want to I want to train hard and I want to compete and I want to travel to compete because that's fun. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking like, you know, being an academy owner and, and have, uh, having all this responsibility for, you know, my kids, you know, all my all my students is I want to travel to take seminars with these OGs yeah. like and just not just figure out like, you know, how they teach or what they're teaching, but how they think, yeah. you know, how, what their approach has been. And they've been doing it so long. I mean, it's like you're crazy not to ask them the questions, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the, 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 um, the teaching methodologies of like that, that getting that, um, I don't know, like obviously my most relevant, um, point of, uh, point of awareness is Horian and the teaching methodology that he developed or that he used that, you know, i talk to Richard a lot about and then talk to Steve a lot about and then of course you see in in what uh, Heron and Henner have produced but like the the way that information is organized and if you look at like Elio's original 36 lessons or mm. 40 lessons or whatever it is like the, the 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 sort of I'm getting more and more interested in the the educational design part of of this because you know, I don't know what your education was like in jujitsu, but for for me, and I think for you know most of the people that I came up with, it was a lot of like it was kind of sink or swim. It's mm, like you, yeah. you sort of got dumped in, you <clears throat> learned a on. couple of movements, and then it was like okay, you know, figure it out. Yeah, and there was a, the the very high attrition rate. I think was yeah. due largely to that. And there are people now taking you know putting a lot of thought into you know how how you organize tiers of stress in your in your skill development and how you organize uh, uh, motor skill development and how you organize uh, you know wh- what sort of you know do you teach the self-defense first because it's the most relevant or do you teach it th- like I I was I was teaching in Santa Fe on my way out here and I was teaching I this it was a really neat school um, it's called like uh, Daruma Yoga and Jiu-Jitsu. And this, this guy out there is, is doing this really, it had a very special feeling. Like um, doing this like almost Jiu-Jitsu as a spiritual practice as part of the oh, yoga. Oh, so cool, yeah. Um, and 
you know, I, I, I walked in there. Yeah, he, was, he was another guy who was just nice enough to say, yeah, man, you're coming through. Like, I'll, I'll host you. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I, I walked in and I, and I kind of said, you know, what, what, what can I teach you? What are your students working on? And like, what, you know, how can I be a, be a, an a, a resource here? Mm. Um, and he's, he's an art of, he's an art of jujitsu black belt. And then he's very focused on yoga and stuff. And he's like, you know, I, I was like, well, my, my lineage is through Steve Helson through Steve and then Hickson. So it's kind of like self-defense jujitsu that, that sort of era of jujitsu. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we don't really focus on self-defense um, just because it's it's the focus of the school is less about fighting and less about um, sort of like bringing in that sense of like, you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. that vibe. Yeah. And um, I, I found myself having this conversation with him where I was like, you know, I, I totally get that. I totally get the idea of, of wanting to make this about finding a, almost a partner practice, a flow practice, a meditation. Um and I said, but like for white belts, I think one of the interesting uses of the self-defense curriculum, even if you don't want to focus on self-defense, is it's basically a really intelligently designed introduction to interacting with human anatomy, right? Mm. How, to, how to feel somebody's weight, how to understand how the joints work and don't work, how to orient yourself in space and adjust and all these things. And so like, I, I, I really think there's a, there's a facet of the self-defense um, core curriculum that almost maybe isn't addressed when we start to have this conversation about, oh, jujitsu for self-defense is really important. We don't want to lose that. That's what it's about. It was like, forget all that. The self-defense curriculum is just a really good way to get oriented in a, in a context that's, you know, for most people completely foreign, yeah. right? If you never wrestled, if you never did any sort of physical, any sort of sports. Um, so anyway, I, I'm just uh, talking to a lot of people these days about what, um, how they organize their classes, how they introduce people to material. Um, and I think people are really, you know, people are really putting a lot of thought into it and yeah. coming up with really, really good ideas and, and, yeah. you know, giving, giving their white belts a lot of advantages that they didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. yeah so we, you know, we were actually um, <clears throat> at a podcast with my instructor and a couple other guys that, you know, they're, they're black belts and they own their own academies and we're all like pointing at each other. Like there was no fundamental class <laughs> when we first started and and you're like and you like you said it's sink or swim you learn a couple basic things and then you know uh, but i think that kind of gave you the liberty to fall in love with something you know and kind of chase it a little bit sure. yeah sure, so sure. so that's kind of cool um it was never like um this is what you're going to learn and this is what we're going to do for the next whatever it was like hey here you know here's some stuff you can use some strategies you can think about and then run with it and you're mm -hmm. like okay i'll run with it mm -hmm. now it's like um it's kind of difficult to explain to folks like, Hey, our job is to introduce you to this, to this stuff. Your job is to fall in love and run with it. Yeah. 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 I like, interestingly <laughs> enough, like two days before I taught that at that place in Santa Fe, I was at a school in, uh, no, excuse me. It was the next day I was teaching in Chandler. <laughs> I was teaching at the CTC in Chandler. Who, right? who, who runs that? Uh, a guy named Michael Stinson. Michael Stinson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to connect with him because uh, school, yeah. great program. Yeah. Yeah, it's right down the street from my nice house. People. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talk to him. yeah. yeah. Um, and so I taught the class and then we had a little Q and a period and, and one of the, the newer students asked me, he was like, what would you do differently? Right. You know, if you started jujitsu today, what would you do differently from, from what you did, uh, when you were, when you were starting out and, um, 
you know, obviously <laughs> there are a lot of, like I would have spent lifetime getting maybe punched in the head. Um, <laughs> you know, I would have developed some skills before I was just like, okay, go go punch that guy. Um, yeah. But I w- what I actually ended up saying was like I don't I I don't really know what I would do do differently, but I can tell you that one of the things that I would do the same is that when I was coming up, m- you know, I would see Steve especially through like uh blue belt, purple belt. I saw Steve a couple times a year. So like almost like from the beginning, like I think we talked about last time, my yeah. first instructor was a blue belt in, in a, a Hoyler blue belt yeah. in Cleveland. And at that school, there was a, it was a really neat program it, because it, it ended up with this very collaborative feel, you know, yeah. people would bring things in and, and you know, the, 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 the head instructor, Darren branch, he was, he was running the classes and he, he was at the head of the pack in terms of he, he was always competing. He was always learning. He was always he had, all kinds of information and answers, but, but everybody, you know, people were definitely seeking out information and trying to develop things and trying to, trying to figure out what they were going to do in their game and all those things. Yeah. Um, so basically the point being from white, blue, purple up until really Brown belt, when I started traveling with Steve and seeing Steve a lot more, there was a real, like Steve would come through and say, okay, you're doing a good job or you're doing a bad job. Okay. You know, I'll see you in six months or I'll see you in eight months, whatever it was. And mm. so I had to, you know, again, I, I said this in Chandler is not special. Everybody was doing this, yeah. but I had to really take ownership of my own growth and my own, in my own learning mm-hmm. in a way that I, you know, one of the, the downsides maybe of having a teacher, you know, a black belt in every town now who will tell you the curriculum and you can kind of become a passive student yes. a little bit. The information yeah. always just put it right at your feet and you don't have to go out and <clears throat> screw up six for six months with that strategy and figure it out for yourself and go home at night and think about it and go, why isn't this working? And right. You yeah. Know, search around on the internet. You don't have to do those things. Mm. You can still do those things. And of course, a lot of people still do those things. Yeah. But basically what I said to him is, you know, recognize that this is about your relationship with jujitsu and it's not your teacher's job to sort of get you to the mountaintop. It's your job. To, the teacher's supposed to be a resource for you to get where you want to go. Yeah. And so, tr- you know, but, you know, own your own your own journey. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, so, I don't know. It's that it's that double-edged sort of like, um, now there's a lot of access to information, but we we sort of take it for granted maybe. Yeah, yeah. We have it. What kind of access did you have when you were when you were doing that traveling to Steve and stuff like that and, and coming back and having to work on it? it I mean, you, did you just have your training partners? Or did you, I mean, did you did you buy like VHS or, or uh, <laughs> the Gracie <laughs> Mag and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like, that was the era when everybody was buying. I feel like there was a very specific era when I get involved when it was sort of like pre- of, of course, like there were early VHS tapes and yeah. there were DVDs, but everybody was putting out a book, right? Mm. BJ put out a book. Um, Anderson Silva put out a book. Uh, Sala put out the Jiu-Jitsu University. Um, car, you know, there were the, the Gracie like submission essentials. There was all those that Hoyler and Hoyce and, and the Hoyce and Charles put out the self-defense. So there were all these big, large format, I think, Victory Press um, and Eddie Bravo put out his tube at the yep. rubber guard and, yep. and 
I think you put out a lockdown book, maybe. Yeah. So Marcelo had one too, something like that. Okay. X Guard. That, that that might come a little bit later, but I yeah. never. I yeah. w- that one didn't make it to my. <laughs> <laughs> but so like you'd go to the gym or you know whatever, and there'd always be like a dog-eared copy of that sitting in the corner, yeah. you know, and people would go back and look at it, and you'd see people. So that was. I feel like that was that. Like I remember, I went on a, a cruise with my, my grandmother. Took us all on a cruise when I was like a purple belt. Yeah, and I remember packing the jujitsu university book, the big, solid, oh, yeah, like, big yeah. heavy book in my, like in my carry on and like trying to figure out how to fit it in. <laughs> so it was like that, that was the, I feel like those were the, and then DVDs started coming out and then streaming started coming out. Yeah. And then it just, yeah. Started exploding. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that was interesting. Cause I, I kind of came in like at the beginning of the uh, YouTube, not necessarily streaming that BJ fanatics that mm-hmm. came in a little bit later, but, but the beginning when, when YouTube was still, when YouTube is still not good and we all made fun of like, you know, sensei YouTube stuff like that, yeah, but it's yeah. actually pretty damn good now. Yeah. You yeah, have yeah. access to some really good stuff. I mean, well, it, there's still a lot of shit up the there. The video but. quality that people are putting out yeah. is like, yeah, people are burning some calories making, yeah. making quality content. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the cool thing is there's, there's guys like, you know, uh, and and you're you're one of them that that'll take the time to respond to people, right? You know, they, they hit you up, and you're like, oh yeah, sure. You know, here's a, some information. There's some guys putting out video where if you hit them up and say like, hey, I noticed that you're doing this or that or this grip or that, they'll actually respond and 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 talk to you a little bit about the stuff, the content they're putting out, which is unheard of. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool these days. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> you know that gets into a whole conversation about like the attention economy and like yeah. strategies for how that's changing the. The, the landscape so yeah that's like that there's there's interesting <laughs> stuff going on yeah like technologically that's has obviously right the, well everything we're talking about here about like access to information and like um people will flood your inbox with information now like could you imagine getting emailed like technique videos like <laughs> weekly or even more frequently when yeah. you're starting out you know no. what i mean so it's like <laughs> all of these ways that people are really trying to 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 court you to follow yeah. them and stuff. It's yeah, well, well, now there's little ways to for them to monetize, right? So you, right. Su- you can subscribe for real cheap, like five bucks a month or something like that, and forget forget that you ever subscribed. Then you right. subscribe to another guy and another guy. And next thing you know, you're a hundred bucks in. But <laughs> but those things can happen, right? And and um, but I think like if you're putting out valuable content and you're taking the time to respond to people's messaging, you can be pretty successful on the online market. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, uh, are, yeah, are you providing an actual resource? Are you providing something valuable? Yeah. Theoretically, if you're providing something valuable, you will be valued. Yeah, hopefully. yeah, for yeah. sure. So is that your approach going back to the seminar you taught in New Mexico where you talk to the owner and kind of see what the vibe is, number one? Number two, like what they're kind of working on and, and build off of that? Or do you come in ready with a, cur- a curriculum of your own? So I, I really... It has become very clear to me this trip in a way that it it wasn't before that I am a, a counter puncher. Okay, I am, <laughs> I am I am really good if you like if you ask me a question or you tell me your your what you know the difficulties you're having. Yeah, but coming in and uh, you know just giving you like a a, 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 a perform. I don't know, almost like a, a little show. Of it's like, a performance. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's not really my. I, I I used to do so for a long time. Maybe this is just laziness for a long time <laughs> when I was running, you know, when I was running the gym, I was running in, in our town, I would do, you know, I do the thing you, you know, you sit down, you come up with lesson plans, you come in, you teach those lesson plans. You're thinking about, you know, where everybody is in their progress. And, um, 
so that that was great and i did that for a long long time and then i i sort of i sort of shifted it and it was sort of due to i guess maybe the same attitude we're talking about with about like taking ownership of your own process where i'd say like i put up a big whiteboard in the gym and i put everybody's um I think originally I put everybody's name on it, like every all my students. Wow, which I didn't have that many students. <clears throat> okay, that's still that's still a lot. Of, that's a lot of work. Yeah, um, and I said, okay, here's what I want. I want like, you know, we have we have our 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 class. Then we have our open mat, and during open mat, when something doesn't work or you don't understand what's going on, get up right then. And go write it next to your name. Oh, I love it. And then the next day, the next time you're in class, when I start class and we go through the warm-up and then I say, okay, who has questions? You don't have to remember. You don't have to look in your notebook. It's right there on the board in front of you. Just, and whoever speaks, I I used to say, whoever speaks up first, basically they get a private lesson. Like the class will be about what you want to talk about. Oh, cool. So, um, and, and, you know, depending on the class, we'd get through, you know, and, and I mean, it, it it usually worked in that um, what somebody was struggling with, oftentimes everybody else in the class would go, mm. oh yeah, that you're right, that I don't, I have the same problem or whatever. So yeah. it always ended up being, uh, ho- hopefully <laughs> relevant. I I never got any terrible feedback about it. <laughs> hopefully relevant to everybody in the class. Yeah. Um, and it's at least as relevant as if I had prepared a lesson plan about something I wanted to talk about yeah. that may or may not have been relevant to them in the first place. Yeah. So I started uh, really orienting my, uh, my lessons just around trying to really directly engage with the, with the student right where they were. You know, the analogy I've always used and I use like there's some little videos on my website and I say basically like we're all hiking up the mountain you know, we're all trying to get to the top of the mountain. The idea is I'm farther up the trail than you are um, because I've been hiking longer than you have. Yeah. And if I prepare a lesson plan based on what's around me on the mountain, that may be useful to you. It may be interesting to you, or it may be completely out of your realm of uh, sphere of, of awareness or, or understanding. But if you tell me what you're looking at on the mountain, I can usually say like, oh, I remember that part of the trail and I remember this part and I remember what's coming up. And okay, when I was a blue, I I remember this. When I was a blue belt, I was sort of thinking about it as like positions were lily pads and your job was to get to the lily pad and then you would swim between lily pads when you had an opportunity. And that concept, okay, I so let's tweak that concept a little bit because I'll tell you the tweak that got me from blue belt to purple belt where the concept is similar, but it's a little bit more than that, right? Yeah. So I could I could kind of get right to, I, ideally I could get right to where they were and um, sort of show them, you know, shine the flashlight on the next 10 feet of trail. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I really like, like one of the things I, I keep saying to people is like, um, my my goal when I go into a school or go into a private lesson or whatever is like I want to be as useful as possible to you in the brief time we have together, right? Like I I'm I'm a resource. I have this information that I have. I'm not saying I have. I, I'm saying I have a body of information yeah. that I've that I've learned over the years of, of trying to understand these things. Uh, I'm not done trying to understand them, but I have some information, and 
the more of the information I have that you get and the more that the information that you get from me is relevant to you and helpful to you, the happier I am. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, there's nothing I, I hate more than feeling like, um, you know, I walked in and I taught something and nobody really got anything from it or like, and, 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 and this goes beyond this to say like, another part of this is, was the realization like, if you don't care what I have to say about jujitsu, then don't train with me. Mm. And that's fine. Like it, I don't, I am not the teacher for every student. Yeah. And I, I realized that at a certain point, like the way I think, the way I explain, the way I teach, the way I, I it's just, it's, it's just the way I do those things. Yeah. Other people do them differently. And maybe the way you think is similar and, I work as a teacher for you and maybe it's not. And, and maybe you should find somebody who thinks the way you think. Like I've told people straight out, I was like, listen, man, you're a very literal thinker mm. and I'm a very sort of metaphorical conceptual teacher. I think we're going to have a frustrating time with each other, mm. but I know that there, are, I can name six teachers or I can name two teachers or I can name a guy who's close to you, who I think teaches the way you think, who's going to give you like, do this, do that, do that. This is why, this is why, this is why. And I think you're going to have a, you two are going to be able to communicate with each other. There's going to be less lost in translation. You're both going to get less frustrated and you're going to develop. Yeah. And it's not about one approach or being better or worse. It's just about like everybody should, should sort of go where they fit. Agreed. And yep. it's going to be better on the okay. whole. So yeah. I, when I stopped uh, uh, treating this as like, I should want Every everybody who does jujitsu in my in a twenty mile area around me should be my student. No, they shouldn't. No. They just shouldn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like from a business perspective, that's a terrible philosophy, right? <laughs> but it's the, but from a teaching perspective, from an actual like student focused right perspective, that's the way I feel about it. And and, and when you get the right people through the door everything just goes better. hundred percent. You know, because they, they vibe on each other. They vibe on you, you know, and, and people walk in and they can feel that. They're like, wow, this is a cool spot. Yeah. Right. Even if it doesn't fit their needs or they can't deny that, that it's a cool spot because the vibe fits. Right. right? Everybody, yeah. when everybody's on the same page, you feel it. Yeah. And, and so much communication happens so much faster. Yeah. And communication happens sometimes without, you know, like I can say in three words, and you go, ah, I get it. No, <laughs> dude, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's like, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> so he was kind of being, I mean, I'm not saying he was being too rough, but he was kind of being, you know, yeah. like, dude, I know. Yeah. Like, Great. I don't, we don't have to do 16 laps around this. Absolutely. And I don't have to worry that you didn't understand and you don't have to worry that you didn't like, so when I, um, when I, when I teach, I kind of start from the approach of like, I'm not here to convince you. Maybe this sounds bad. I'm not here to convince you that you need to listen to me. Mm. Right. Um, you don't need to listen to me. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. If you, if you see what I know and you see what I have to offer and you see the way I teach and you'd like to avail yourself of that because that appeals to you, then great. Let's get together. And if it doesn't, it's fine. Yeah. Right. So, um, so going into the, that's the long way of saying going into these gyms, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, a weird experience for me. Like I, 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 it's not a weird experience, but it's, it's an interesting challenge because, you know, I kind of start every class by saying like, 
you know, this is who I am. These are my credentials. Um, yeah, this is my terrible joke, right? My terrible joke is I go in and I list off like the, the, whatever these, uh, these certifications, these black belts, these, this number of years of training, this, this amount of experience. And then I say, um, you know, why do I tell you this? Do I tell you this? Cause I want you to think I'm great. Yes, of course. It's, no, it's like, no, that's not why I tell you this. I tell you this because we have very limited time together. And if I had more time with you, I would learn what each of you is working on and where mm. each of you is and what each of you is struggling with. And I try to give you a piece of information that's, that's right there, but I, we don't have that time. Mm. So that now, now that you know what I know, you know what you know. So maybe you can, you can tell me exactly what you need that I might know how to help answer. And we can maybe get closer to each other and, um, and we can find something that's that where you really get something out of it. You walk away with a little, you know, a little piece of gold in your pocket um, because th that's there, you know, there's nothing worse than, than walking away feeling like as a teacher, there's nothing worse than feeling like, man, they tolerated me. They, yes. didn't, they didn't care what I had to yeah, say. Yeah. And I felt like I spent my entire time trying to convince them to listen to me and they were never convinced. And you just, you look out in the room and all you see is crossed arms and glassy eyes. Yeah. Like, purple belts eyeballing you. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, but I think I could get you in a heel hook. Yeah. Like, I don't, you probably could. Probably could, So yeah. let's just move on. Like, yeah. you don't have to listen to me. Right, yeah. Like, um, but I would rather talk to the people who, who, who already, maybe that's, and again, maybe that's lazy. Maybe that's just like, I don't want to do a lot of evangelizing about myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's lazy. I think, um, two things that you're doing that I really like is number one, you want to meet people where they are, Yeah, you know, and, and that's like whether they, you know, walking through the door, never tied a belt on before, or they're, you know, uh, you know, three stripe black belt and they're looking for you to, to give them that little nugget, right. You want to meet them right where they are and asking people like, Hey, what are you struggling with? That's yeah. man. That's like, you know, when, 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 when somebody doesn't know you and they're like, and you ask them that question, it's like, that is the, in my opinion, a huge icebreaker, mm -hmm. especially for me. When, if you were to come in and ask me, Hey, what are you struggling with? Well, let me get my list, bro. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I would tell you like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And it, and it can be something as simple as like, you know, my guards being passed on the left-hand side, or it could be, I just don't have the mental fortitude to roll hard totally. or, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And you can, you can help them through that. Absolutely. Is there, is there ever a time when you stop being a coach and you just roll? Like, can you get that? Can you get that coaching aspect out of your head? And, and, and let's just say you're, you go to, you go to a seminar and they're yeah. like, they're like, you know, I'd, I'd really love to stick around and, and do our open mat. Cool. Are you able to shut off the teacher and turn on the, the shark? <laughs> <laughs> um, tough ain't it well i don't know like so i, I wow okay <laughs> no, i didn't mean to stump no, you on no, that no, one no 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 yeah. it's like <clears throat> i i have a hard time i have a hard time going into open mats mm -hmm. um because, wow, okay, so, <clears throat> the, obviously all of those unspoken dynamics that occur in like a foreign open mat, 
we all talk about like, oh, jujitsu is a brotherhood and all these things like, and everybody leaves their ego at the door and all this stuff. And then you walk into a foreign open mat with a black belt on and it's not a brotherhood <laughs> and nobody's left their ego at the door. Yeah. Right. And <clears throat> I don't, um, I, I'm 41. I spent a lot of years. I mean, everybody did, but I spent, I spent my years in the trenches. I spent mm. my years going to war. Um, and I frankly am not, I don't have any more questions about whether or not I'm tough or whether or not I'm gritty. Mm. Now that doesn't mean I've proven to myself that I am. It means that I know how tough I am and I know how tough I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so it's not interesting to explore that question anymore. Oh, cool. That's interesting. Okay. And so if I'm going to go to an open mat, if I'm going to roll with somebody, I'm going to do it because there's something that I want to work on or mm. learn, mm. Um, which I think is the, it's the point of training. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not interested in working on whether or not I'm tough and I'm not interested in working on whether or not I'm fast and I'm not working on, interested in working on, um, I don't know, having a pissing contest. Yeah. It's, it's not interesting to me anymore. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not a cop out. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> um, that's kind of where I am right now. So would you say, is it fair to say that you, when you shut off the, 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 the teacher in you, you turn on the student, you turn the student back on. Well, I think, uh, so that's, it's an interesting line to draw, right? Because I think what I am is an explorer, right? And when I'm teaching you, I'm trying to explore the thing we're talking about and articulate it with the, the benefit of my sort of vocabulary and experience as much as I'm trying to explore when I'm, when I'm, you know, when you, when you ask me a question that I have to really think about and solve, it's like, okay, wait, so wait, put me in the situation to mm. what, tell me about what's going on. So this, and then this is happening and then this is, okay, let me think about this. So, okay. So the idea here is that the guy's got neon belly and he's got this angle on you and he's making all these threats. Okay. So if, if our priorities are this and if our, if our concerns are this, and if our, if our opportunities for movement are this, then I think the basic mentality needs to be like this or like that. Right. Yeah. So we're sort of, we're sort of having a conversation about this thing. And just like you and I having a conversation right now, we're sort of, I mean, exploring maybe a little bit the wrong term, but, you and I are sort of searching for shared understanding, shared shared answers. Uh, we don't know where the conversation is going to go. We don't know what we're going to discover. And often what we're discovering is not things that we don't know. It's things that we don't know that we know. Mm. Or that, you know, we the ideas that haven't quite crystallized completely. Yeah. Um, and so that searching, um, you know, that, 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 I guess I'm going to stick with the word exploration. That's student, teacher, practitioner. That's all the time. Yeah. Right. And so, <clears throat> you know, it, it, again, that's why I say like things like, am I tough? I, I, I kind of ex explored that. Yeah. Right. Um, 
it, so it's it's not that interesting. And like beating a room full of 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 people or or beating half the people in the room, unless there's something specific that I think would be interesting, like you know, like for example, I might say, okay, I want to roll with everybody in the room. And I want to see if I can make everybody in the room put me in a headlock mm. by by how I f- screw up my underhook escape. Yeah. And then I want to work on my headlock escape. Got it. With a bunch of random dudes who don't know that this is what I'm working on and really want to try to keep me here. Yeah. And they, man, they don't. So that might be interesting. Yeah. Right. But I, I wouldn't want to, it's not, I don't. It's not fun anymore to like go out and see what happens. Gotcha. You know what gotcha. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't. And again, I don't know if that's that's a cop out or if that's no. I don't know if that's <laughs> cowardice or maturity. <laughs> no, I think I think I think it's a it's a level of maturity that we all aspire to, right? Because you know, a, a lot of people <clears throat> will refuse to put themselves in that headlock because they don't want to be the guy that the guy got in a headlock and couldn't get out. Yeah. Potentially. Right. Well, don't get me wrong. I want to get out. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. (laughs) I get it. I get it. But there's, you know, there's even times when I'm rolling and I'm rolling with one of my guys and I'm like, well, I'm going to put myself in a bad situation and my ego fights. My ego's like, do you really want that guy to be the guy to be talking about? They passed the professor's guard tonight. Yeah. Like, you know, that's when, that's when I really, I, I struggle with it still. You know what I mean? And, um, that's something I got to overcome. Well, I, I'll, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, it is the main reason, I mean, it's one of the main reasons that I ended up closing my gym and creating the thing I ended up creating, which was that I, I, I needed a space. I was like, as a student, I need a space to fail. Mm. And if every time I fail... It, there's a thing about it in the room that will seriously hinder my ability to keep moving forward and exploring. I was like, so I want to, I want to create this space away from the sort of the, maybe the main herd or the made culture of jujitsu with just people who get it. Mm. Right. And they get that their job is to help me find my weaknesses. Yeah. And so when they exploit those weaknesses, it isn't a thing. It's just we're all students. We're all trying to figure this thing out. I love it. And I wanted to be able to be that guy again without having to explain it when it happened or get into that weird thing of like, well, I let you get that. Oh, did you really? But you couldn't get out. <laughs> like, I don't want to do any of it anymore. It's yeah. such a waste of my time and my energy. Yeah. And so that was, so my answer to it was not actually to become that mature. My answer to it was just to to step away from the, the game. Wow. Um, and I don't know that. Uh, I I don't know. I don't I don't know. It, I think it would take somebody with actual maturity to stay in the game and do it and not care. And I think you know there was I don't know, man. There was a time it may just take somebody with more more energy than I have anymore. Like I think there was a time when I was a purple belt or like, for example, when I got my black belt in jujitsu, I, um, went to a, uh, like a little in-house tournament. And this, uh, guy showed up who was, a who had been, I, I might've told you about his name's, uh, Gazaros Gregorian. Mm-hmm. He was, a Ar- on the Armenian Olympic team. He was my judo coach. And he was at this, this little in-house tournament and he threw 
everybody. Like, took everybody down. And I was like, well, I don't have that. Okay, so yeah. I, I need that. Yeah. Um, it's like, I, I'm good at fighting on the ground, but I'm get, not that great at getting people to the ground. And I mean, I, I had okay takedowns, but I didn't have that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I, I want to feel the about taking people down the way I feel about what happens once we're on the ground. I want to just, everywhere we can go, I've already been there. Yeah. And I know what's going on. And so I walked into that, you know, the judo school, put on a white belt and got my ass kicked for, you know, however long I got my ass kicked. And every time it happened, I said, you know, like I, I, I mean, I failed enthusiastically, but I said, I'm not my ego. If, if I'm, this is a whole other conversation about ego and all this <laughs> stuff, but I was like yeah. the me that I am worried about is not today. The me I'm worried about is the six months from now me. Mm. So my energy, my judgment, my ego feelings are invested in that guy. Yeah. And so I, you know, if, if today's e Scott's ego is hurt, it, uh, don't worry about him. Worry about six months from now. Gotcha. Him. Okay. And six months from now, him is going to not get thrown so much. And then six months after that, he's going to start throwing people. And, and a year after that is going to be throwing everybody. Yeah. So I'm going to invest my attention and my focus in, in investing in him and not investing in myself. And so I could, um, it, it was a very effective tool for managing the, that, that ego, clench that happens when you fail in front of people over mm. and over and that guy throws you who you didn't want to have throw you and that guy throws you when you didn't want to get thrown uh but it took it takes mental effort yeah to do it and at a certain point you get really exhausted by it and the reward for it is that you get to keep doing it and at a certain <laughs> yeah. point you get like okay i'm i'm just a little tired i just need a break yeah from like from doing that little mental move yeah. that's going to get me <clears throat> past the sting of right now. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think, you know, I guess we started this by saying like somebody with, with maybe actual maturity or more energy could probably stay in, in the scene and do, do what we're talking about. But I kind of, I, I sort of feel like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't have the, uh, I don't have the juice for it anymore. I hear you, man. So let's talk about that <clears throat> that that group that you that you um, that you sought out or put together or whatever that's helping you find those weaknesses and 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 work on. I, I'm assuming it's more than just physical, right? It's all it's all of the above. Uh, who is it that you that you uh, train with that's helping you mature into the person that you want to be? That's well, six months from now. So originally, <clears throat> originally there were five of us. It was like my my uh, four senior students and me. Mm -hmm. And that was the group. And it was people who were, realistically, I was like, I had been their teacher, so I kind of, you know, and I, it was that, yeah, I know everything you know, right? But I knew also where I felt, you know, I, I felt less comfortable. I felt like I didn't have the information. And so I, they were all, they were all good and technical. And if I gave them things, um, they could all give me real problems. Yeah. Right. So I, I could use them to, to get, I, I, like, I think one of the things I've said before is that I, I got pretty good, and I think a lot of us get pretty good at getting what you need from your training partners. Mm. If you're the head of the school and you're kind of like at the, at the head of the pack a little bit, um, you have to start, um, the, the, maybe your training partners aren't 
able to to give you the problems that you need to be given. So you have to start giving yourself those problems. Yep. Like this, yep. like Hickson talks about, put both hands in the belt, put yeah. one hand in the belt, those sorts of things. So you start to your training becomes very focused on finding ways to to get what you need. So it goes back to this: like, are you the teacher? Or are you the student? It's like, right? You have to kind of you're you're everybody's coach, including your own. Yeah. Um, and then so we had there were five of us. It was it was a nice group. And then COVID happened and things got, uh, you know, people, we weren't training. And then when we started coming back, things didn't quite gel again. And there was some politics and yeah, now it's yeah. me and me and my, uh, two of my students. Gotcha. Um, so my one senior Brown belt and then, uh, uh, this black belt that I've been training with for a long time who actually, he started, uh, I started training with him way back when we were both training under Darren, that, uh, that Gracie, uh, uh, Hoyler affiliate in, um, you know, the, in, in, um, like 2006 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's interesting the, the way you put it, you're, it's kind of, you're kind of all the above all the time and, and putting yourself in those, in those tough situations. It's, um, I, I do that a lot in drilling. I mm-hmm. think I need to do that more in, in live situations. And, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, you can kind of create those issues for yourself. Um, and there's ways, there's other ways to do that. You know, you find somebody, you know, bigger than you are and they can give you pressure. You find somebody with long legs, you can practice not getting triangled and you can practice all that stuff. Right. Totally, yeah. And, um, you know, and it, <clears throat> you know, a lot of folks that, that I know that, you know, are, are, are academy owners and, you know, they, they, they don't compete as much as they used to because they feel like they can't get enough, you know, the right kind of training. Mm-hmm. And to a point, I guess they're, they're right, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, there's been a lot of people at the, you know, at the top of the heap that have been, you know, open academies and won world championships sure. by training with their, you know, their students. So, I mean, it's doable as, as long as you have that, like the, I think the mindset that you have is, is one that we should all share that, you know, you, you find, you find ways to put yourself in those situations, mm-hmm. even, you know, whether it's, you know, stepping away or putting or diving in, you yeah, know, either yeah. way. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I think this idea of like, and I, I've had some interesting conversations with with people. Um, uh, for for whatever reason, I end up in these conversations with people who um, are like in their forties and they just got their black belt. Mm. And they're and and what I've sort of observed is that they're really torn because on the one hand, they really want to represent their rank, yeah, and they really feel like they're supposed to represent their rank, and on the other hand, they're saying. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's not, it's not a no brainer to just go balls to the wall with some purple belt now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, if I, if I start in, you know, if I get hurt, it takes longer to heal and, uh, I don't get to train as much as I used to cause I have a job and I have kids and, and so they're saying like, what, you know, what is my, what is my responsibility to my rank? And then what is my responsibility to myself? Mm. And I've basically ended up telling a, f- a few people that, y- you know, your, your, your time is your own, your energy is your own. You, you, if you're going to, like rolling is a, is a, a bargained for exchange, yeah. right? I'm going to put myself at risk. Basically, I'm going to expend time and energy Um, and I can do those things, um, 
with a community mindset, right? Meaning, okay, it's good for the white belts and the blue belts if I roll with for them. Mm-hmm. But I also should be thinking about, you know, what am I, why am I doing this? What am I, it, it, you know, it's kind of that what's in it for me thing. Yeah. Right? Just in that, um, you know, you are giving a lot. And if you just keep giving a lot, like, and I, I found this for myself, if you just keep giving a lot, and you just like anybody who says you want to roll, you say, well, I can't say no. So, okay, let's go. Mm. You do that over and over again. And the thing is behind that blue belt, there's another blue belt. And behind that blue belt, there's a purple belt. And behind that purple belt, there's a white belt. And behind it, there's an ocean of people stretching off into the horizon. The phrase I've started using is I know why you want to roll with me. Why do I want to roll with you? Mm. What, like what you're, you're asking me to put myself at risk. You're asking me to take my time, energy, knowledge, and potentially, you know, put myself potentially in harm's way. Uh, what am I getting in exchange for that? Yeah. Right. I'm not just obligated to roll with every single idiot with $20 and a pulse, which is the <laughs> other reason I sort of closed the gym. Was yeah. Because like if you have a gym and you're the head instructor, any idiot with $20 and a pulse who walks in the door, they, I mean, you can have your mad enforcer or whatever, but like there's kind of a vibe of like, no, you need to sh- give me your yeah. business card. You know, right. it's like, yeah. well, I, there's more to my life than that, <laughs> right? right? I'm I'm worth more than that. Yeah. So I I, I don't uh, I have to respect myself l- enough that I don't just put myself in front of every oncoming car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's you want to talk about self defense? That's dumb. That's a dumb strategy. Yeah. And, and I think that's I think that's true for any kind of transactional relationship, mm-hmm. right? You know you know you don't you don't tell a guy on a plane your personal your personal life, right? <laughs> it's the same, it's the same thing, man. Yeah. Like you said, 20 bucks in a pulse, man, pay a mat fee. And I want to roll with a black belt. Hey, good luck with that, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's an interesting, I like the way you put it. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, time, energy, harm's way, all that stuff, all the things we need to consider because recovery is getting harder and harder. Right. So you got to get more out of your roles than you used to. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I often say this because the flip side of it is it's it's not okay in a perfect world we'd have infinite energy we'd have infinite time we'd have infinite tolerance for for going to war on the mat and we would say yes to every single challenge okay but the practical reality for most of these guys is the unspoken thing they're saying when they say these things to me is am i going to be able to keep doing this mm and they're starting to think maybe I'm not, mm. you know, maybe I, maybe I just can't hang anymore. And so if we are in a sport and a culture and a community where we keep losing our elders and our senior people with knowledge, what future do we really have? So just yeah. for the sake of thinking about the good of the community, we have to think about how we keep those people in, in, in the community. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here, but like Steve at one point, Steve and I one time at one point had a, had a long conversation because he was, um, you know, he was a monster through his forties monster well into his fifties. And then he got near 60 and he got into his sixties and he's, you know, he's a 60 year old man yeah, and he's a badass and he's in incredible shape and he's full of knowledge, but he's not a 25 year old who's just going to go ape shit with no (laughs) concern for the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so he's walking into gyms all over the world, and people see him, and they go, oh, here's my chance to tap a six degree. What if I did well against a six degree? What right, if I... yeah. And he's saying, maybe I just can't be part of jujitsu anymore. You oh, go, dude, no. if somebody like you <clears throat> feels like the community is pushing them out, there's something wrong with that community. 100%. I don't, yeah. I, even if there's no authorship, even if there's nobody who's saying, okay, you, you can't be on the island anymore. If yeah. the way the culture is going is making you feel like you got to leave the island, dude, that culture is doomed. Yeah. Okay. So one of the, the simple things is, you know, remember that, if you're giving something, you 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 ought to like you're you you're taking time away from your kids, you're taking time away from your job, you're taking time away from your wife, you're taking time away from other things you could be doing. Don't give it to any jackass who asks for it. Mm. Your time is valuable. It's it's valuable inherently, and it's valuable in that you've spent however many years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years to get this knowledge in this black belt. Don't just don't just don't tolerate people who want to treat you like a piece of exercise equipment or a punching bag. Wow. You don't owe them your time and energy, right? So that's a long-winded way of maybe justifying saying no to a role when you say, you know what I mean? But I think for your own health and sanity and your own safety and the good of the community at large, it's what has to happen, you know? So that's why I say, like, I go into one of these rooms and if, if anybody wants to like roll with me, like I'm either going to have something that I know I want to get from this, even if you don't know you're giving it to me, or I'm probably not going to do it Be, because the other thing is like, there's, I, I went through way too many roles. Like I sort of toward the end of running that gym, I went through way too many roles where we clapped hands, we started and it was like, I realized, Oh, okay. We're doing this again. <laughs> Like, yeah. Okay. I have to like. Yeah. Even the effort of, okay. Now I got to beat you, and the reward is that I get to beat you again. Right. And the reward is that I get to beat you again. I'm getting nothing from this, and you just are so full of pep, and it's so exciting to. Oh, maybe maybe when I pull the lever this time, I'll get a jackpot. <laughs> like I don't want to. Yeah. I'm my time and energy are worth more than this. Yeah. I have other things I could be doing. I have my life that I could be giving this time and energy to, mm. and instead I'm giving it to you, who clearly wants to take something from me in yeah. a very selfish way. Why am I serving you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I also realize like. Maybe that means I'm not supposed to run a gym anymore. <laughs> so I don't know. No, I, I think, um, man, I, I got chills when you were talking because I, I get that from a lot of my, you know, I got, I got a couple brown belts yeah. that, you know, and they have a history, man. One of them, one of them was a, you know, high school, college and professional wrestler. So he never had a chance to really take care of his body. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's going to, he's knocking on the door 50 if he's not 50 already. And he's just looking at me like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to share this with him because what you just dropped is huge, man, because yeah. there's a lot of people my age, you know, I'm lucky, man. Like athletics is something that I, I loved all my life, but I was fortunate that I was undersized at a later age, you know, in, in, in high school, I was mm -hmm. under, I couldn't play football. Okay. You know, I was too yeah. little, you know? So all the knees and shoulders and elbows that could have happened never happened. Cause I was a swimmer. And then when I got in the military, I did a lot of stupid things with my body, but no major injuries. I never required a surgery. I had my first surgery in my forties, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I, the only bones I've broken are fingers and toes. So I don't know what, he's going through my yeah. friend, John yeah, yeah. and John's going through stuff. I mean, 
dude, if you watch some of his pro wrestling stuff, it's amazing he's still walking, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And we're talking fused and, and, you know, all this other stuff, right? So, <clears throat> so he's you're absolutely 100% right. He's invested so much of his life into grappling, mm-hmm. he's got to get something out of it. Yeah. Well, then, like, what... Right now, jujitsu is good for him, and his presence on the mat is good for other students. 100%. If he leaves, that's two negatives. Yeah. So how does he create an environment where he stays on the mat until he's 60, 70, 80, yeah. right? Yeah, We need to figure out as a culture, we, we went through all this time post-UFC jujitsu culture of weeding people out. Yeah. And now we need to figure out how to keep people in because, you know, yeah, like I said, we keep losing our elders. We don't have a future. Are you the only one talking about this? I don't know. I mean, I think um, I think people are. I, I mean, I haven't listened to everything or talked to everybody, but like, I haven't heard this, man. Yeah, no, no one talks about this. No, okay, no, well, no. I, I think you need to talk about this more, man. Okay, because it's powerful what you're saying. Because you started martial arts at a much younger age than I, mm-hmm. and and with the experience and all the stuff you put your body through, like I feel stupid asking you that question. <laughs> I really do because I don't know your, I didn't know this about you, right? right? I didn't know how you felt about this and I didn't know how much you put your body through. I just don't know. But in hearing this, I'm going to be much more careful how I ask questions and how I talk to people. This is a huge education for me. What, what, what specifically? The, the one where you turn off the teacher and turn on the shark, oh, right? Because no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no but, but I, I, I feel stupid is, is the wrong word. I'm glad I asked the question because I wouldn't have got this otherwise, yeah. but, but, this kind of exchange of knowledge, yeah. like you know, what you talked about earlier, we don't know where the conversation is going. Totally, I got fucking chills, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's 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 awesome. I I, I love it, man. I, I I fucking love it. So, yeah, it, it's um. This is believe it or not. So I've got John. Yeah. And then I've got another friend who's also one of my brown belts, and uh, he's knocking on the door, black belt. He's uh, fifty six years old, and we're talking. This guy played uh, college football at a super high level, mm-hmm. and um. You know, everybody, he will never say it, but everybody that knows him from back then will say that he probably could have gone pro, uh-huh. right? And it's very rare. And, um, but he's had an amazing life. He's a great guy. You know, he's influenced a lot of people. And he's the one, every other conversation with him, he's a dear friend. Every other conversation is like, I don't know that I can do this anymore. And, and, and I'm, and I'm trying to help him. Hey, let's find a different path. Maybe your path is teaching, yeah. right? And, and we can find that path for you. And, um, but this is going to be so huge. I'm going to share this with a lot of folks, man, because good, we're not good. getting any younger and you're absolutely right. Losing a six stripe that wants to step away yeah. because he feels he's not. Ridiculous. Oh my God. Ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's like, it, one thing that we're forgetting, especially for jujitsu in the United States our legends are living, man. Yeah. We got to take advantage of these guys and, and, and learn, you know what I mean? No, learn no, from yeah. them, take advantage of their knowledge yes. and learn from them. Keep them around somehow, right? And and um, that I love I love what you said about the exchange, right? If I'm going to roll with somebody who's my senior or my elder, I'm going to provide something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just take. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. That's yeah. something we got to, we, if, if more, I mean, I feel that, if, if you've got a, a jiu-jitsu purple belt, I think that that person has enough emotional intelligence that they will apply that knowledge mm-hmm. if you share it with them, mm-hmm. if you ask mm-hmm. them to, right? Because a lot of the, I hate to say this, but a lot of the assholes are weeded out early. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not all of them, not yeah. all of them. There's a few that slip through the cracks, but most, you know, a good majority of yeah. them because of ego and, and they can't handle, not, you know, the losing part and all of that. But uh, no, this, this is... I got chills, dude. That was awesome. That well, was awesome. I think there's another part of that, which is that, like, I, this sounds maybe like I'm ragging on like lower belts and stuff. And I, I, I remember, 
I mean, I feel like I can speak to this because I know that I was that guy on more than one occasion. Mm. And it's, there's so much pressure on you as a lower belt to feel like you're being judged constantly by, yeah. by the upper belt. And so you, you want to show, even if, even if you maybe wouldn't care, you want to show that you can beat that brown belt. You want to show that you can beat that black belt, you know? Yeah. And so I think, you know, part of this, and it's so on a cultural level, if, if we start to, because there are plenty of schools that are, I, 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 we, we talk generally about this. I don't know that I've ever personally encountered this, but you know, we talk about, there are schools where it's, it's all about performance mm. and the rest of it doesn't matter. And John Donahue says that jujitsu isn't about being a good person. It's about performing at a high level in a sport. <clears throat> so there's that, there's that mentality. Um, but if you start to reward, and I think most, you know, many, many schools do if you start to reward not only knowledge, not only skill, but also how good a student they are in terms of how helpful are they, how much are they reinvesting in the community, how much are they asking, how can I be a good partner for the mm. upper belts? If those are also the criteria by which advancement happens, then I don't just see that brown belt as a potential notch in my belt when I'm a purple belt. I see I see other ways that... I, and it's not about whether or not I'm a good person. It's about what the leadership is telling me is important to them. Yeah. Right. And I'll do whatever the leadership tells me is important. Um, so if you introduce those ideas to me and you tell me what you're looking for and I see somebody get chastised for not representing those ideals and maybe not getting promoted because like, dude, you're really good, but I think you're being a dickhead. So yeah. I, I'm not going to promote you. Yeah. Well, Oh, okay. Why? What, what was it about that? The professor didn't like, and okay, how do I show that I'm not that guy? And how do I, by by showing those behaviors, I start to cultivate those behaviors, and I start to become that person. I mean, that's just the idea of how we yeah. we mold our students in a positive way. Yeah. So, I, I I'm not so part of that is to say I'm not unsympathetic to to why in the culture it may happen like that. Yeah, but I am maybe saying like let's look a, a big picture at at the at the culture in general and see maybe how are we. Cause it's not about bad apples. It's not about that. That purple belt's just a jerk. Yeah. Maybe it's the purple belt is what he knows about how he's supposed to behave on the mat has been taught to him. 100%. We walk on the mat the first day. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to stand. We don't know how to kneel. We don't know how to tie our belt. We don't know anything. We're yep. told what, you know, and all the incentive systems and the uh, punishment systems are what's going to shape or tell us what course to follow. It's a, yeah, it's a great. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So yes. And, yeah, it, it's um, it, it's always interesting that dynamic, especially when you talked about, you know, um, being promoted or not. Right. Yeah. And and uh, the first thing that came to my mind is like, have you ever seen a, a four stripe blue belt roll after a uh, belt promotion? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a death match. Yeah. Every round's a death match. So, yeah, but but uh, and, and that's that's the ego part. And that's the you know, them trying to prove themselves. Right. right? And it's and it's way more than that. I mean, it's, man, it's way more than stripes and colors of belt. So, yeah, no, that I love that. Um, tell me about um, where your travels are, are taking you. Are you just starting the trip or are you because I look at your map, dude, and I'm like, where the hell is he? Yeah, I mean, you, you just came from New Mexico. No, I just came from, uh, I was in San Diego. I was in Encinitas. Okay. Um, is it flooding out there? I heard it's like it was, bad It rain. was nasty. Yeah. Um, so I 
was I, I started in Cleveland, right? And then I uh, drove west to L.A. I was in L.A. for five days. And then I had a private uh, with a few guys that I uh, taught down in Encinitas. And now I'm heading, I'm starting my, my eastward journey. Okay. And where where is this taking you? So are you, are you going back to Ohio? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's okay. All, yeah, this is a big, a big loop. Wow. So, yeah, on I'll be home sometime maybe late next week. It's okay. a little bit up in the air. Okay. What was the uh, what was the purpose of the whole trip? So, uh there was um we did uh 5 days with Hickson. Mm-hmm. So, that was it was to come out for that. Is that something that you guys plan um as like a semi-private thing, like an invite only, or is that open? Does he announce it or how does that work? No, no, it's it's entirely set up within this little group that we're Nice. And, and do you mind me asking like what you guys worked on when you got, when you were working with Hickson? Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the things that we've sort of shifted into, which is really, really cool is, um, is it's, it's been very focused on how we, we teach these ideas moving forward. So not just covering the material, but how we would, we would start to help, transmit it forward um which is sort of part of the the bigger mission of for him and for the jjgf is how you preserve that aspect of the art is not just about having people who understand it but how they would how they would teach it and how they would um structure that learning for you know for new students and and um you know and for everybody but but largely introduce how we introduce new students to these concepts so that they're part of their training from the beginning. And what what is the uh, JJGF? What's that all about? All about? So the JJ the Jiu Jitsu Global Federation is Hickson's federation. Oh yeah, he's been he's been going at that for for a while now. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So it's like it's a it's a a big, um, basically it's a big umbrella where the, everybody can be a part of it, and it's it's sort of there to provide uh, a space to to for the for the community to connect, and then to provide resources for. Um, for, for schools, no matter what your focus is, if you can, you know, because Hickson's his big focus, and you hear them him say this on on podcasts and stuff, and we talk about it in, in Worth Defending, actually, um, is that, you know, jujitsu has um, a, a bigger mission to try to, you know, in much the same way that, that Kano saw judo as a, as a way to develop individuals right jujitsu has this this mission to empower people who feel disempowered mm. and so hickson's big concern that he's you know articulated in interviews is that he that jujitsu is has been very geared toward the athletes and the the guys who who would who would that that kind of tough training and the fighting would appeal to yeah and that that's in the whole population that represents a very small segment of the population, but there's all these other people who jujitsu in its original sort of form and its original intention could be accessible to and would be appealing to and whose lives could be significantly bettered by the practice and by the, by learning, you know, the, their own, as Hickson calls it, their own invisible power. Mm. So it's, designed to create a, a, a sort of a shared space for anybody in the jiu-jitsu community no matter what your you know your focus is whether you're a valley tudo school you know mma school you're a you're a sports school whatever you want become part of it and you have access to these different resources that he's providing through hickson.academy it's like his online video ca- uh, library and um his self-defense videos and and um the materials that are being developed right now for 
uh, women's self-defense and, and uh, anti-bullying and, and all these different things. I love so, it. Yeah. <clears throat> and is he doing like, um, are there like, um, you know how, uh, you know, there's there's instruction levels, like you're a level one instructor yeah. on the something level two, stuff like that. And is he, is he like, you know, signing off on it or, or, you know, is there like a certifications that he sends, stuff like that? So my understanding is that that, yeah, that's what's currently in the works. Cool. Developing those certifications. Yeah. And are you helping him in the development or the recording or like, you know, are you, are you involved in that at all? So I am, I've, I've been in a bunch of the videos on Hickson.academy, Academy, which um, has been, yeah, part of trying to, to create the, this, this library of, of resources for, for uh, individuals and for, for teachers. Um, in terms of the, in terms of the, the, the curriculum design and, and these things and like, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of still just a, a, a peripheral Hickson's got the Hickson, Hickson has the war room in his head. And, and, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not in the war room. Right? Gotcha. Yeah, right? Gotcha. War room yeah. is too aggressive a term, but you get what no, I'm I saying. No, I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah. 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 And you know, and he, he's another one, man. Like, you know, it, it I'm, I'm going to sign, I'll sign up my academy today. Awesome. You know, yeah. So, I mean, it, it just makes sense. Yeah. It just makes sense. I mean, the closer you get to the tree, right? The fruit, you know, 100%. Yeah, so, um, but, um, yeah, I, it, it's, it's, it's those things that, you know, you think about like, oh, I really should do that. And you just never do it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take action on this one and get it done. So awesome. that'll be cool. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that. Um, and, and so, we talked about on the last podcast how you met Hickson, how you could develop that relationship. Yeah. And okay, I'm not gonna say that you stalked him, but you were kinda <laughs> you were kind of following him around a little bit. You didn't necessarily look through his windows at his house, but tell me about that a little bit more. You 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 were you were just like traveling to his seminars, a couple of his seminars, and he remembered who yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um because it was a very specific moment for me um, because I really felt like I had, I had reached the end of my, it was a really weird thing. I, I, so I spent a long time, like I said, you know, saw Steve um, every six, eight months, something like that for a lot of those years was traveling within more Brown belt and black belt. Um, but for a lot of that time, as in talking about taking ownership of your own progress, I had done a lot of, as we all do, a lot of experimenting, a lot of figuring out, a lot of feeling like trying to figure out what are, you know, what is the concept? What's the truth about this thing? What's, how does this work? If, if A is true and B is true, then does that mean C is true? Okay, let's mm. run it. You know, all that mm. process. But within that, I, I, I developed some ideas that, at least in my little world in in Northeast Ohio, uh, or the the people I was training with in Northeast Ohio, my school and some other schools, I, I was coming up with some stuff that people were like, "Oh wow, that's like no one's ever said that," and boy, that really works, and boy, that's yeah. really interesting. So I, I I felt like I was seeing some things, mm -hmm. and so I went through this period where I really felt like I was. Um, I was really get, seeing seeing some truth, and then it was like I hit this wall, and every time I came up against, like I I was coming up against problems that I couldn't. It was like I 
it was like I was coming up against a wall, but I, I almost couldn't, I could just feel the wall. I couldn't see it. Mm. And I, and so I, I couldn't get oriented in the problem. And it was like, I literally reached the limit of what I could figure out on my own. Um, which I guess is, is not that complicated to, to, to say. Um, but I, I was in this really weird limbo period um, where I just didn't know what to what to do, and I was looking out. I was like, I I need I, I need whatever the next thing is, and um, I would look out at like you know kind of all the material. This is we're in this era where there's everything's on YouTube. There's all these instructionals, and I was seeing uh, more, but I wasn't seeing. Uh, I don't know. Just nobody was really speaking to the thing I was not getting. Right. And, and, and you couldn't quite put your finger on what that was. Yeah. And yeah. I wasn't really interested in just adding more tools to the toolkit. I was, I was interested in, in, it was like, maybe the analogy is better. Like I was digging, 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 and then I hit something and I couldn't find the edges of it. Mm. So I couldn't dig it out and I couldn't get any deeper. Yeah. But I didn't know what I had hit. Um, and I just had this overwhelming sense that, you know, from choke and from watching interviews and from, um, I had done one seminar with Hickson in, in like 2013, the two day seminar. And I was like, dude, Hickson, Hickson knows the thing. He's, he know like, he's the guy who can tell me what, where, Oh, you know, we'd use that analogy if he's farther up the mountain, but he's farther up the mountain on the path that I'm on. And he can mm. tell you, Oh, okay. I know where you are. And yes, not, this is what you're not looking yes. at. This is what you're not seeing. Yeah. And so I, really became convinced not only because I strongly felt it, but convinced because of the way certain events aligned that that really was the thing I just needed to make my absolute priority. And so, um, you know, I, when I, when I met him and when I started talking to him, I was just like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care, uh, you know, what it you know what it's going to take i don't care what it's going to cost i don't care if it's going to cost me my black belt i don't care if i go out to california and train with him and he goes okay you're a purple belt and i go okay fine Done. i'm a purple yeah. belt. i don't care yeah i need what because i was so stuck and i was so sick of my own voice <laughs> mm. and um and so i really um I mean, stock is maybe the, the, the least. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit. I went a little hard on that one. I admit, I went a little hard. It's a, yeah, but I, I was like, he is not going to be confused about the fact that this is my number one priority. Yeah. And he is not going to be confused about the fact that I really want to understand what he's teaching. Mm. Um, and I am going to do everything in my power to communicate that to him with my words, with my actions, with my development in the time in between we see each other, um, I am going to make it absolutely clear that, well, one, I, I feel incredibly privileged and I am not taking this for granted. And I'm not, I'm not, it was like, I was like, literally the, you know, I, I, I did a three days with him and then I went back to Ohio and I, I kind of threw out everything I'd been doing before. And I was just like, just started doing all new stuff in a couple of key sort of principle based ways. Mm. And, um, I was like, I don't care. I, I, I don't care if I'm so bad at this that everybody in the room taps me for the next, you know, month, three months, whatever it is, because there's going to be, 
I can't imagine going back out to California and Hickson saying, okay, do this. And I go and I do the thing I was doing before the first time I met him. Yeah. And I go like, well, you did, I, I gave you all this information and then you just threw it away and went back to what you were doing. Mm. It's like, I am, I, 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 there, I will pay anything in terms of like success on the mat, standing in the room, belt rank. I like, I don't care. Wow. This is what I want to understand. And I have this, somehow the stars aligned and I have the opportunity to do it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not uh, hedging it in any way. So, uh, you, you know, stalking, I, I was very committed. <laughs> I am awesome, very committed. No, so. I, and that's not exclusive to, to just, you know, your, your, uh, your approach there, you know, anybody or any team that's at the highest level at some point had to say, what I'm doing has gotten me this far. I got to change something. Yeah. And, and, and those, then those like you that make that drastic change will make the most progress, mm-hmm. but there is a step back. There is that fear, right. Yep. That I may na- need to take a step back and just your willingness to, to not only give up your black belt that you worked so hard to get because everybody, you know, you got, you, you got to work your ass off to get it. Totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And, and, um, and you know, all of the knowledge that you've acquired and all the people that have, that have influenced that knowledge, you're basically saying like, okay, clean slate. Now, yeah. This is what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. And 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 where where is your progress now? Do you feel like that step back has springboarded you into another level? Thousand percent. Wow. Thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my yeah. I mean, anecdotally, like the people I was training with at the time, like the feedback I got was universally like, like okay, you were you know you were a pain in the ass to, to roll with <laughs> yeah. before. And then you went to California and it was like a switch flipped and it was like, you started doing stuff that doesn't make sense and you kicked all our asses with it. It was like, it was so being willing to, I mean, that, that sounds like bragging, but uh, no. um, I think one of the things, um, wh- there was a, there's like a mental tool that I, I think is really simple, but really useful. And it's, it's like, um, when you would rather have, when the situation you're in is worse than any other possibility, Mm. you will change. Yeah. Right. And that is, doesn't require the situation to be terrible. It just requires you to decide that it is intolerable for this time next week to look like this time this week. Yeah. Right. Uh, when you, so I, 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 I wrote an essay one time where I said like, uh, acute problems get solved. I think was the title of it. Whereas like, Chronic problems you will live with for your entire, oh, I yeah, I got to I gotta lose weight. I got to do this. I yeah. got to do that. When you go like, all right, man, I, I cannot stand this anymore. Yeah. I am so sick of looking at the messy garage. I am so sick of looking at this five pounds that I need to lose. I would rather whatever than if, I, if it's going to, if I look at that garage this time next week and it's still a mess, it is it is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll do something about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I think, <clears throat> I think just the, 
the decision to make something insufferable to yourself <laughs> is a really powerful tool, yeah. right? Um, because a lot of times, I don't know, it's like a lot of times we think we need to um, to know, like if we're monkeys swinging from vine to vine, it's like we need to know what the next vine looks like yeah. before we let go of the last one. And the thing is, I think really... Most of the time in life, and it definitely in my experience, the next vine appears once you've let go of the last vine. Mm. Like you can't, if your life is a dinner plate, if there's something on your dinner plate, nothing else can go on your dinner plate. Yeah. You have to make room in your life for the next thing. Yeah. And so most of us sit there with what's on our dinner plate and we go, oh, well, when I see the next thing, I'll know it. When yeah. I see, And we just live there with that on our, our plate for, for years and years and years. But when we go, I can't stand looking at this anymore. I got to throw it away. And if I sit here without anything on my plate, that's better Fine, yeah. than sitting here with this on my plate. I'm yeah. sick of looking at it. Yeah. Um, when you just decide to do that, and and maybe it's not a decision. Maybe it's an accumulation of frustration. Maybe it's whatever. But let's assume you can decide that. If you decide that, in my experience, that is when things actually change. It's yeah. not when you come up with the plan for what the better thing is. Right. It's when you just say, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do, yeah. but it ain't going to be this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's very much like I, I've been very lucky in that I've had some really incredible experiences that were basically illustrations of that point. Uh, Richard's book being case in point of that, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to close the gym. I can't, I just, I know I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do instead. Yeah. And as soon as I did that, I met Richard and everything that came from that, right? So the, 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 all the incredible experiences I've had in the past four or five years have been the direct result of, like, I put it like this one time, babies aren't born because they know what the outside world looks like. Mm. They're born because they know they can't stay in here anymore. Yeah. If you think that there is any guarantee of any of the rest of looking of life <laughs> looking different than that, you're mistaken, right? Yeah. yeah. When you're born, you don't know what's coming next. You just know you can't be here anymore. When you die, you don't know what's coming next. You just know you can't be here anymore. Yeah. Right? If that's the if those are the two ends of the line, guess what? The rest of the line is the same, yeah. right? the, the, the line that connects those two points. So recognizing that that maybe is the phenomenon of life, that life is never going to look like I get to, I always get to see what's on the other side before I jump off. Yeah. It's, it, you, you don't, but when you embrace that, it opens up your, your life is open to what can come. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's funny because I had something very similar happen to me um, not too long ago. Um, had a big change at the academy, okay. big change, and I found out about the change when I was in Mexico on vacation. Oh wow! And I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm sitting on the beach, and I'm in tears. Mm. Like I'm I'm like, what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I knew I wanted the change, mm. but I wasn't gonna be the catalyst. Mm -hmm. And then when it came. I sat there and I mourned <laughs> and I, um, and I got up the next morning and I said, okay, this is what I have to do in the meantime until mm -hmm. I figure out what's going to happen. 
And, you know, in, in those cases, you really don't have a choice. You've got to move forward, right? Yep. But then I started thinking like, man, if I could just find the right person for this, things could look up. If I could just find that right person. And you're, I'm having a conversation with somebody that I've known for a while, and I'm like, holy shit, this is the right person. Mm. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we just start talking. And, and it, man, like, values have to align, right? Mm -hmm. Vibe has to be right. And next thing you know, that whole situation went away. It wasn't overnight, but it all went away just because I said I was telling myself the right people are going to walk through the door, mm -hmm. right? The person I'm looking for is going to come into my life because it has no choice. It's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Because the change is happening whether I like it or not. That I, I'm going to the next vine, right? Yeah. And it's through. It, it felt like I'm jumping to the next vine in the dark. Yep. Yep. And then I grab it. And dude, I'm and telling you. Yeah, magic happens. Bro, yeah. I'm telling you, I've never been happier. Yeah. I've never been happier over that loss. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not going to say those, you know, some of those were, you know, friends and it sucks, yeah. right? But um, what, I, what I'm looking at now mm -hmm. is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's incredible, man. I've never been more excited, you know, oh, about, about so any situation. Uh, so it, it, professionally. And um, it all starts with that, with that change, with that change. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's going to come in the form of, you know, Hey, you, you, gosh, man, you know, yours was a decision, a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. Mine was forced upon me, mm -hmm. but in the back of my mind, looking back, I, I knew I wanted that mm -hmm. change. I just didn't have the balls to do it. Mm. Right. So call it God universe. I don't care, man. Yeah. You know, the baby was born. <laughs> so it was so cool, dude. Yeah, it's so amazing. cool. Yeah, man. So let's talk about, um, your next book. Yeah. I am stoked. It looks gigantic, by it's, the way. It's pretty gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, um, do, do you mind me saying? No. Okay. 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 So, so, um, so you're, you're working on a project. You're, you're almost done with a project, mm -hmm. right? Can you want to say who? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> I'm going to let you do it. Cause you'll do it. With <laughs> so Chris Howder and I are working on a book Yeah, about, about Chris and his, his life and his jujitsu and his jujitsu journey and his jujitsu philosophy and his philosophy in general and all of the various ever expanding threads of his interest and, 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 uh, learning and all those things he yeah. was he was talking to me about fifth dimensions bro sure yeah yeah <laughs> which one's the fifth one i don't know <laughs> i don't know but he was uh but but um so so the writing process yeah I, so you uh, what let's go let's go way back yeah so what's your connection with richard how did you guys connect originally with richard yeah so richard and i connected because he it, i'm sorry no chris chris chris, chris sorry okay. chris yeah so Chris was a guy that I became aware of as many people did when that, um, uh, uh, role jujitsu in Southern 100%. California documentary came 100%, out. hundred percent. Yeah. Me too. Um, was it, I, I think I'd heard the name, um, heard, you know, about the dirty dozen. And then we watched that and we're like, Oh my God, this is the coolest guy ever. Yeah. And like, look at the, where he trains and Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and so started becoming aware of there were different things that came out that there's a video about him talking about his graphic novel that he's working on. Um, and me and my one training partner would talk about, it. he's like, dude, I, I, that's a guy I want to meet. That's, you know, he's on my short list of people I want to meet. And then we went to that seminar in Albany where uh, I met Hickson, um, that, that seminar 85 he put together and, uh, Howder was there. And so we met him and, uh, you know, my, my training partner, Jason, uh, he was like, dude, you got to come to Cleveland. Like, how do we make this happen? He's like, okay, let's do that. 
So he came to Cleveland. Actually, he was like, he came to Cleveland in, um, so that, that seminar was in September. First weekend of November, I went to Halifax in Stockton. <laughs> last weekend of, no, second to last weekend of November, Howder came to Cleveland. Wow. First weekend of December, we went back out to LA. Wow. So Howder came to Cleveland, taught at our school. Um, it was great. Hit it off, you know, you, whatever, go out to dinner, all those things. And he's just, you know, largely like we're talking about um, Hickson because he's training with Hickson. He's like, he's telling me about training with Hickson back in the day. He's talking about training with Hickson now and what he's getting from it and all the things um, that they talk about. And so we just, we, we, and he's, you know, obviously broad ranging interests. We, we share a lot of interest in art and, um, music and all all those things so just we just developed this fast friendship and um and so and then you know he flew back to la two weeks later we were out in la we went to the combat base garage we rolled with hatter in the garage and um we just basically kept in touch he came out to cleveland again and we would um like he and i exchanged uh some some art he sent me one of his prints i sent him a thing i made so cool yeah um so we, we ended up having this relationship that was on, you know, different levels other than just jujitsu, which, I, you know, a lot of people do with Howder because he's got so many different interests. Yeah. Um, and so as as I kept coming out to California to train with Hickson uh, and uh, stock, as you would say, I, um, you know, I, every time I was there, I'd see I'd see Howder, I'd train with him, I'd take his classes, I'd, I'd you know, run around with him and we just became friends. Um, and. Then, you know, I ended up like I ended up I did Richard's book and then I was helping Drysdale with his. And yep. We went back and forth because Howder's in that book and, I, you know, sending him like, oh, I just edited your your interview and all this. And um, and so all this time, unbeknownst to me, Chris has been thinking uh, one day I want to write a book about, you know, sort of my philosophy and all these things. Um, and so finally, um summer of 2022 right yeah summer 2022 i was out there um we were going out to house sit for some friends and he um excuse me he he texted me like two days before i was going to get there and he was like well how do i uh, go about getting you to help me write my book i was like oh dude like <laughs> I'm he, on my way you just did it like <laughs> i'll see you in two days yeah and so yeah we got together and we sort of um we, we just began what has been a very long conversation basically about uh, at that point, how, you know, how we were going to approach this, what we want to cover, how we, how we need to, how we're going to frame it and how we're going to basically uh, turn the ever expanding universe of Chris Howder's mind yeah. into a self-contained <laughs> fits between two covers book. Yeah. Yeah. What, how many, how many pages? So, <laughs> so <laughs> What what people have have seen uh, anybody who's seen this on my Instagram I posted like uh, three three yep, books with I saw like that. yeah basic uh, just sort of placeholder covers and what the book basically is is right now it's divided up into three parts um, and so as I produced each part I had it you know you can do these very short run printings so I had had each part printed and bound as its own book mm. so that I could give copies to my different training partners and students and people I knew in jujitsu who could start to read it and give me feedback. Um, and which is, you know, kind of normal process for yeah. me. Um, 
And so people have seen like the, the three volumes and like, oh my God, it's a three volume book. It, it's not going to be a three volume book. It's going to be one book that's going to be, be uh, quite thick. Page count depends largely on formatting. Mm. Um, so, but it, it, put it like this. Richard's book was around um, 100,000 words. Howder's book's about three times the wow. length. Wow. So it's going to be it's going to be quite long, but um, it's not necessarily a question of just taking Richard's page count and multiplying it by three because, you know, yeah. the, the margins, the font size, the line spacing, all those things. Yeah. We're going to shoot for around <laughs> 700 pages, something like that. Um, Is he going to do his own audio reading? I think we, we had talked about me doing it. Oh, that would be cool. Because I had um, I've had some experience. I've done a, done a few audio books. Um, and uh, I have a guy in Cleveland. I've worked with a bunch who can we can get together and get it get it going. Um, but yeah, the plan is the plan is to do an audio book as well. You know, an an audio book that I really found interesting. I, I most of the time I'll buy both the the audio and the and the you know paperback mm-hmm. or hardback. Um, don't tell my wife. Uh, <laughs> but um, the, uh, the audio book that I found interesting was uh, David Goggins, Can't oh, Hurt Me. Yeah. So he uh, he has his, uh, I think the author did the reading, yeah. and then they did like almost like a podcast-ish kind of thing where they talk about the different chapters or, the di- yeah, different chapters. I found that really interesting. I think that would be a cool freaking thing to have you and Chris just kind of go back and forth a little bit. Well, it's in- it's interesting that you say that because the, l- <laughs> the, last, um, the last book I did um, was like a, a, a memoir with a guy named John Petrelli. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that. Um, he's a, he was a, uh, had a rough and tumble kind of childhood, um, was kind of headed down a, a, a bad path, headed probably for, for jail. Mm. Um, and, uh, turned his life around, moved out to LA, became a trainer to the stars and sort of worked with, we talked about this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We did so talk about this. Incredible yes. guy, incredible yes. story. And, uh, Really, I, I mean, I'm biased, but I really like the book. I, I think, think it, I, I think I no, I I have the book. Okay. It's in my office at the academy. I haven't read it yet, but it's, uh, yeah, okay, it's totally. it's on the list. Appreciate it's on the, the list. <laughs> you got it. Um, but he he um that book, David Goggins' book, was his his sort of uh, north star for mm. what he wanted his book to be. And when we did the audio book, same thing. I record. I I did the reading, and then in between chapters, John would hop in the booth. And we'd have a conversation about the chapter we just read. And, nice. And uh, yeah, same thing. Like, oh, so, you know, man, that's a crazy experience. What were you, I mean, what must have been going through your mind? And, yeah. You know, and tying it together into, into all these different other facets that didn't necessarily fit within the straight narrative, but that yeah. we could get into in just a conversation format. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a really, uh, it's a cool thing you, that, that, People have sort of yeah integrated the podcast format with the audiobook format. You yeah. really get a, a, an, an interesting little window into it. It's almost like the book. It, it's almost like a like you you get personal with it. Totally, yeah. yeah. So it's really cool. Um, I'm really curious to hear about because I mean, your path was tough. I mean, you know, <laughs> traveling to see your instructor and doing all that, sure. and hey, that's not good enough. Go back and keep working on this. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't have the instant feedback that most people need in order to even want to achieve a goal, right? Sure, 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 sure. Chris came up in an era where number one, you had to force people to go to jujitsu, basically, right? <laughs> and and he was he was in an era where I don't know that he started after like uh, I think he started before 
there were like, okay, classes at six. I'll see you all there. It was mostly like private lessons. And then you got a couple guys here and there that you roll with. I don't know that he had like, you know, scheduled classes with like multiple training partners, you know, and that today, dude, you get a small class on a, on a Thursday night. People are like, what the hell's going on? There's only 10 people here. You know what I mean? Back then they would have probably killed for 10 people. Totally. So I'm really curious to see what kept him going in those days. Like, what was his drive? Because, I mean, in, in his own words, he was a mat rat, you know, all the time. Yeah. yeah. And he, he looks like he still is. <laughs> yeah. Is he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's like we had a, we had a like, meeting the other night, and uh, he was late because he was on the mat. You know, it was like Hilarious. we had an open mat and couldn't get away from it. He's I like, love oh, it. Just one more roll, one more roll. Yeah, of course, of course. That's, um, that's really cool. And how, how old is he? He's 50. Eight now? Yeah, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. What year is it? It's 23 (laughs) right now. 23. It's 24, I think. 24 right now. Gosh, (laughs) we're both on. Oh, my gosh. Steven, leave that one in. That was (laughs) 24. Yeah, February 24. Yeah, so he was was born in 60. Man, oh, this is embarrassing. I'm supposed to know these things. It's in the book. It's in the book. book. Read the book, damn it. Read the book, damn it. It's on his Wikipedia. Yeah. So tell me about the writing process. What's it like? Gathering Chris Howder's thoughts and then putting them on paper. It's a unique puzzle <laughs> to solve. It is, right? Um, so I guess here's one of the things I'm realizing is that, so writing a, writing a, a memoir is, a memoir is a very specific genre. Mm. Um, and a, and a, Martial arts or self-help, we might have talked about this a little bit last time. That that genre, the, the format of that, that book is very specific, meaning basically you reach a point in life where you feel like you have some wisdom to share. You've kind of entered a, the, the era of your life you're going to be in for the rest of your life. You're, yeah. you're, you're an elder statesman of the jiu-jitsu community. Hickson... Richard, um, y- you know, the, the, even Goggins, even though of course Goggins is, is Goggins career as, as you know, his military career came to an end and he kind of became the person we know him as. And yeah. that's kind of where he's going to be for a little while. Yeah. You write the book when you're there, you know, when you, when you're reflecting on your life from a position of, I've kind of, this is going to sound more negative than it than I wanted to. You've kind of stopped moving. You're okay. not you're not you're not in the process of climbing the That's mountain. That's fair. That's fair. You're now stopped on the mountain, even if you're not at the top and you're looking back yeah. at the path. You're you the want. former CEO that sold the company and now yeah. that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. don't write the book at while you're the CEO when right. you don't know where the story's going. Right. Yeah. You write the story when you know where the story ends. Yep. And then now you have an ending so you can write the story. Got it. So the the genre is is very specific in that so that you basically tell, uh, you know, like Richard's book, we, you know, we have an introduction. We, we introduce to who you are and we tell you what we're going to tell you. Then we tell your life, your, your, your struggles, your, your overcoming your struggles, the, the lessons you learned along the way. And then you sort of conclude by sort of extrapolating the life lessons and, and, and giving people a message to take with them. Yeah. Right. And that's, it's, it's not simple to do and it's not simple and it's, it can be very profound. Uh, Can't hurt me is, 
is profound. There's yeah. incredible information in that. I think Richard's book, there's a lot of information that people uh, can take away from that. Hickson's book, same. Um, and, and many, many, many other books in this, um, in this, in this genre. Mm. Um, Howder's book, Howder, and we talk about this in the book and you'll see what I mean when you read it. It, Howder is not done, right? Yeah. Howder is, and I've said this before, he's Captain Kirk, right? <laughs> the point is to keep going and exploring worlds. Yeah, yeah. So you can't, you can write an episodic TV series where the captain is still looking, but a memoir is an odd genre to write for somebody who you still feel like next week he's going to think something a little bit different than what he thought last week. Because he's learning and he's exposing himself to new perspectives and he's exposing himself to new ideas. And every time you tell him something that he doesn't necessarily agree with or just hasn't thought about before, he genuinely goes, huh, that's interesting. Let me think about that. <clears throat> and so he is, the point is, he's not a move, he's not a, he's a, a moving target. Yeah. So for, for him, it's almost like the only accurate representation in a written form of Chris Howder would be like a comic book serial that just keeps going. There isn't an end point. Right. Right. Because next week it may be different. A year from now it'll be different. Two years from now it'll be different. And I'm not saying that Hickson isn't learning. I'm not saying that Richard isn't learning and evolving. But but Howder especially is such a a curious, searching, exploring, intellectually omnivorous, specific person that you just kind of say, there's no back cover to this. Wow. Right? Yeah. So the the puzzle of creating something that feels representative of him, but doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, pretend to contain him, um, in the same way that every podcast he's ever been on, you feel like you got um, some of him, but God, there's more out oh, there. Oh, for and sure. And God, it's going to keep going. Yeah. So I really, it was very important to me that the book we wrote had that quality and didn't pretend to be the definitive final word on Chris Howder. Um, and so that was a really unique challenge to try to figure out how to do and i think i think we did it i think the the the, the way we told that story um uh, hits that hits that note which to me is the vital note to hit with yeah him, right all of the experiences are fascinating all of the ideas the, the beliefs his opinions on things are fascinating but they're not him he is is a is a searcher he's a seeker and that's the thing that needs to be portrayed. I love it. And if that has an endpoint, something has been has been omitted. And so, um, not only not only containing him and organizing all of it, but also making it clear that the containment is an artifice of the form, but the reality is not the. The, the containment, yeah. right? there. This is the beginning. Even though this is 700 or however many pages, this is the beginning of Chris Howder. Wow. This is not the end of the story. Yeah. Right? So it, it, it's been it's been a, a, a fascinating 
uh, process to, to go through. And obviously it, it, it's, you know, it's, it gets my, gets my wheels turning and has been getting my wheels turning. So I'm, I am, I am so eager for people to, uh, to get a chance to read it. And, um, I, I, I just, I hope people love it as much as I do. I think it's, I think it's really, I think we, we did something really cool. Yeah. And, and he's, he's unique in that. Like, obviously you can write a book about him, right? Mm -hmm. 700 plus pages. But if there was, if there was a documentary about Chris Howder, mm -hmm. you'd have to make another one. Mm -hmm. you, it, like you said, 100%. like, because like, even though, yeah, I'm sure you take him through an awesome hero's journey, yep. but there's many more to come, like you yeah. said. And, um, and he's just, I hate this to say a, a character cause that's such a, you know, poor interpretation, but the way he grabs your attention mm -hmm. and keeps it mm -hmm. and he's humble mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I remember watching a video of his, he's, he kind of took over this open mat at a, um, one of those immersion camps. Yeah. And oh, yeah. In and the barn speech. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the barn speech. And he's, and he's like, if you guys want me to shut up, just tell me to shut up and you guys can keep rolling. And I was like, no, no, keep talking. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll keep talking. But that's, you know, that's the Chris that I don't know him personally, mm -hmm. but I, think that's not too far from who he is anyway. Mm -hmm. 100%, right. Yeah. 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 So, um, it, it's, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm excited for your book, dude. Yeah. I, I'm excited for it. Okay. So it's going to yeah. be cool. Any, any, uh, anything, um, I mean, speaking of documentaries, is, is he interested in doing anything like that? Has he got anything like that in the burn? I'm, he's probably not shared that with anybody. I would imagine. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I hope that there are, I mean the, the, <laughs> everybody's hope right when you write a book is that somebody wants to make it into a movie yeah and uh i th i think i think this would be a i think uh, uh, anybody who's listening i think this book would make a very interesting miniseries hell yeah um but uh i, I i'm i'm hopeful that um the book is part of obviously many people in the jujitsu community are aware of chris but i am hopeful as i was with richard's book that the the this book will um not only increase awareness of him uh but obviously increase appreciation for for who he is yeah and it will generate interest and also serve as a proof of concept of the interest that exists uh for him that for this you know this story this character this this you know unique unique person yeah yeah um, yeah and what what was your was was there ever a point when you guys were like, okay, we nailed this, we're moving on to that, and he comes back and he kind of revamps like philosophy <laughs> or anything like that? Was there? Was I think there I, ever, <laughs> you yeah. just you just outlined my my <laughs> the struggle of the last year and a half. Um, yeah, of course, and I, uh, you know, no surprise. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I, I knew knew it was going to be like. That. Well, it, it kind of helps that you knew him. Yeah, right. That 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 helps. Um. Did yeah, it helps that I'm comfortable enough with him to tell him, Chris, <laughs> we can't do this. Bro. No, just, you need to just cool it, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, how much of this was remote, and how much was this in, at per, in, in person? Did you do Did you do a lot of it in his garage? I did a lot of it in his garage. Yeah. yeah. So, so paint me a picture of what the what, what it's like being in the garage. <laughs> it, it's okay. Here I am. I'm in Highland Park. It's yeah. an hour and a half from the beach cities. I'm house sitting. My <laughs> girlfriend is so excited. We're going to go house sit in LA for three weeks. We're just going to have this whole place to ourselves. Yeah. And instead of hanging out with her, every day I get in the car and I drive an hour and a half <laughs> through LA traffic to go sit in the middle of the combat base mats, surrounded on all sides by geese and belts and medals and artwork and posters from punk rock shows and weapons <laughs> and like that skull with the sword through yeah. it. 
yeah, it. Yeah. And just, you know, all of it. And Chris, I'm sitting there with my computer recording the audio and Chris Howder's walking in a circle around me for hours and hours and hours <laughs> telling me everything from his thoughts on, you know, quantum theory to, you know, the time his neighbor's house burned down when he was six years old. Wow. I mean, it, it, and so it was, um, we got a lot of material that way. And then there were, um, a series of follow-up calls that we did. Um, I, I can't maybe maybe a half dozen, but pr probably fewer. And then um, there have been other times. You know, I came back out. We'll we'll do a supplemental interview. Okay, we didn't talk about this. I want to talk about this. We'll get done. We'll get together and record another interview. That okay, this is going to go in this part and and stuff like that. Uh, the the bulk of the interview process happened in person. And, and then, yeah, it's, it's sort of been a, a mixed bag ever since. Um, and then, you know, compiling material from, you know, he sent me, he's, he had, he had, uh, writing that he had done, um, sort of little, the beginnings of ideas and fragments of things and little essays that, uh, became part of the material. Um, all the podcasts, videos on YouTube, instructional stuff he's done, um, just accumulating all of that material and organizing it and figuring out how to, um, how to, how to structure it. So, so it, it has a, 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 a logical, um, uh, progression, mm -hmm. um, and that we're balancing the chronology with the the digressions and that, you know, that, that this event in his life brings up this idea and we talk about that idea, then we get back to the life. So we're always oriented in, in sort of time and place. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, organizing all of that material is, it was, a um, it's, it, there's a lot of, um, you know, um, Hemingway once said in, uh, he was in death in the afternoon. He said, a lot of people think prose is, uh, interior design but it's actually architecture mm. so there's a lot of a lot of figuring out how to how to build build the rooms and how the rooms go together yeah. and what stuff goes in what rooms and yeah that actually made it sound like it was interior design but <laughs> <laughs> i mean the opposite of that right so yeah. just all of that that's you know I, I i i said like um you know basically chris came and he dumped you know a, a huge load of, of wood in my front yard yeah and said okay build a house and right so, Right, I, I yeah. built the house with the wood he gave me. Did he? Did he share any journals with you? No. Um, I, I would imagine he be, he he would write he would write a lot about you know just day to day stuff. He see, he strikes me as that kind of guy that would have journals. Well, so a lot of the writing he sent me was he never he never mentioned journals specifically, but mm -hmm. the, a lot of the writings are sort of. He, I, I think he wrote all of it thinking that this would all become as, as many people do, right? Mm -hmm. They, they, they sort of get an idea, they sit down and they write however many words, and they kind of put it all in one document, and they generally think, okay, this is all part of what's going to become my book one day. Yeah. And so, what I, what it ended up being was some of its stream of consciousness talking about the nightmares he had as a kid, some of its talking about you know being a traveling jujitsu instructor some of its commentary on uh global politics and stuff but it's it's less like 
journaling gotcha and more like i think very self-consciously written with the idea that one day it would be part of this book okay i never asked him if he had journals <laughs> i would have thought if he had them he would have mentioned them but, huh. shoot all right <laughs> back to the drawing board <laughs> it's gonna be 1200 pages by the time you're done right. no man it will be three volumes yeah but they'll all be 700 pages long. <laughs> yeah well listen man um we've been going a couple hours now oh, and awesome. i want to thank you for your time man i, I feel privileged that you want to make the stop and, and be in the studio, man. I, I, I don't take it for granted, man. You're, you're a cool dude. Oh, thanks. I, I, dude, I love coming here. Thank I, you, I love man. chatting with you. Man. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, the next time, give me a little heads up because I do, um, I do coaches training with my guys. Okay. And I'd like to get your perspective on, you know, I'll send you the, the criteria, what we're working on. Yeah. So every, every third Sunday we get together Saturday depends on you know what the schedule looks yeah. like but we get together as a team that the, the coaching staff and then we go over curriculum for the next few weeks okay. right and we just exchange ideas so it's a very you know it's a very like like you said idea exchanging atmosphere yeah and I'd love to have you kind of teach us you know your method on our curriculum oh man yeah that'd be that'd, that'd be, be cool really interesting I'd yeah love to do that yeah yeah so and I think my coaches would love it man they okay. would they would just love it and and you know I, I try to drive home like, yes, we're showing these moves, but this is the the system and concept behind them. Yeah. Like, really drive this point home, and I think I think your unique perspective based on all of the you know all of the efforts that you put into uh, to learning uh, would be huge for my team. Well, I'd, I'd yeah, I'd be super, I'd be happy to do that, man. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, cool, man. So, um, tell us, uh, tell us, do you, do you have any idea when the book's coming out? We are looking at the s summer of this year. Oh, cool. Okay. Right? That, that's our, it's a very tentative date. So if it doesn't come to fruition, you hear, heard it here first. That it's a tentative <laughs> date. But yeah, we're, we're looking at uh, hopefully within the next uh, six months. Okay. And how are you documenting, just curiosity, how are you documenting your, your travels? You got to be, you got to be documenting. These are, I mean, what you're doing is pretty unique. You're like a nomad, bro. A little bit. I'm, I mean, it only looks like it. You get, you get, <laughs> most of my life, I spend sitting, in, you know, sitting at a desk in Ohio. Yeah. Um, just my Instagram is okay. And social media, I, I usually post pictures of everywhere I uh, teach and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I'm gonna buy one of your one of your kimonos. Uh, black uh, market. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. black market kimono. And uh, that's for anybody who travels a lot and doesn't have a lot of room in their suitcase. It is, I mean, it, it packs into, uh, it. it's a little bit larger than, say, like a like a toiletry case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I like mean, a, a medium-sized packing cube, which I think is kind of, people have, it's like 12 by 15 by 3 inches. Yeah. It, it, it packs down small and actually, like, so we now sell packing cubes that go with the geese. Oh, cool. Um, and you can get. Like uh, the gi rash guard in your belt in a, in a, my, my A2 will fit inside our, our medium sized packing cube. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like the size of a, uh, almost like the size of a laptop uh, case, but like thick. Yeah. Um, and, and, and your, your uh, Instagram uh, enclave. All, yeah. All my social media is at enclave jujitsu and my website is enclave jujitsu.com. And then I have a website for my, my writing is scopperauthor.com. And I'm also on Facebook with that at Scopper Author. Um, and then, yeah, Black Market Kimonos is blackmarketkimonos.com and at Black Market Kimonos. Um, and, yeah, and I'll be, I'll be keeping, you know, I'll be updating uh, about Chris's book on, uh, on basically all those platforms. Awesome. As those things come together. 
Yep. Um, Make sure you guys pick that up. Uh, pick up, uh, you know, worth defending, um, you know, and, and um, you know, o- opening the closed guard. Opening right? closed guard, yeah. It's another one. And uh, any other projects coming up? Uh, I'm so I'm currently going back through. I have t- two novels and a short story collection that came out um, in the past few years, and I'm currently recording the uh, re- one of the audiobooks is out. I'm recording. I'm the my sound guy is editing the audio for the second one, the second novel right now, and uh, I'm going to record the audiobook of the short story collection here in the next few months. So those those will be coming out. Those are all completely non jujitsu related, yeah, yeah. just fiction. So uh, if you happen to like weird fiction um <laughs> weird, you know, fiction. Weird, weird literary fiction uh you can check those out so yeah. that's 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 all coming out and then i i yeah i can't really talk about it, but i got a couple other potentially interesting awesome jujitsu related writing projects coming up very so. cool very cool well man this has been one of my favorite ones so far man we talked a lot of jujitsu which which my listeners be happy sometimes we talk hunting you're like what the <laughs> hell you're not, you know so they get all pissed off but uh thank you so much for stopping in man thank you for so much for yeah. doing what you do and and sharing it with the world and and uh i got a lot out of this one brother thank you dude thank you this was this was great awesome man, had a blast this episode of the bjj foxcast is brought to you by biopro BioPro is an all-natural alternative to prescription human growth hormone, which aids in recovery, anti-aging, metabolism, libido, immunity, skin health, cognition, sleep, and stress. Just one vial per day provides a substantial boost to all of these growth factors. Okay, so that's what they want me to say. Here's what I know as an aging grappler. I've been using BioPro Plus and the nighttime variant BioPro Plus Cortisleep for several months, and it feels like I've grown a third lung. My My gas tank is noticeably bigger. My recovery is faster, and I'm back on the mats much quicker, not just between training sessions, but between rounds. Now you can get $30 off your first order of BioPro when you use the code FOXCAST at www.bioproteintech.com. That's code FOXCAST for $30 off your first order at www.bioproteintech.com. Thank you, BioPro.